morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. If you're visiting, as always, we appreciate so much your presence. We encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity you have. Very grateful for those that have joined hands with us in recent weeks. It might be that you're looking for a church home, and we always want to invite you to come and be a part of our family here. Very thankful for all the good work that goes on. We have a great eldership. We've got a lot of great deacons. We've got a lot of great people. And we'd love to have you be a part of us. I do want to mention last week I said something about a television program that B.J. Clark and I have been doing for several years called Counterpoint. That program airs in the Mid-South area every Sunday afternoon on Channel 14. There are some other channels that it appears on at 3.30 every afternoon, then Monday night at 6.30 p.m., and Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. I mention this because at GBN they have, they have made the decision to try to put this program on nationally. And they have been offered a slot on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. on Dish and Direct, and they said it would go into about 53, 54 million homes. And so I know that some of you gave last week, and for that I'm very grateful. It might be the case that you'd like to help support this work. If that's the case, we'd love to have you help us. Uh, you could see one of the elders. I know that they'd be more than happy to, to take any proceeds that you have, and they will forward that on to the right parties. But appreciate so much those of you that have helped. I want to invite you to look with me today at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8 and following. We're going to be talking about facing the valleys of life. Life is often filled with peaks and valleys, highs and lows, good times and bad times. And those of us that have been around for a while, we understand that's what life is about. And there are literally good days and there are bad days. When we face those times wherein we find ourselves in the valley, I think what's important for us is to try to keep a level head, to try to keep our head on straight. If you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, you'll find that he too faced peaks and valleys, good times and bad times. And yet, despite the valleys of his life, he was able to keep the right perspective. And there are a lot of things that challenge us in life. There are a lot of things that, that can lead us to a state of discouragement to become so discouraged that we want to just walk away from everything. Well, it's in times like that that we have to just step back, take a deep breath, and remind ourselves that life, there's more to life than what meets the eye. So I want to call attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today. And as we think about trying to keep our head on straight when we're down in the valley, I want to begin by talking about the valley of a saint. The person that I'm talking about, as you well know, the Apostle Paul. Paul faced some difficulties in life, and those difficulties are well documented. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about the many conflicts that he faced in his ministry. In verse 8, here's what Paul said, We are hard-pressed. On every side. It seemed as if he, that he and those with him were hemmed in on every side. He said, We are perplexed 
In verse 9, he said, We are persecuted. We are struck down. Back in chapter 1, in verse 8, here's what Paul said. We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure. He said, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. In verse 9, he said, yes, we, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Now you talk about being in a valley and facing some tough times. Paul is a tremendous example of somebody who's down in the valley, who is facing conflict. Now granted, many of the conflicts and difficulties that he faced were a result of his faith in the Lord. And he'll talk about the difficulties that he faces because of his faith in the Lord. In verse 10, he said, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Paul would say to the Galatians in chapter 6, I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus. Paul's body was battered because of his faith and love for the Lord. And yet, he pushed forward. So I think about his difficulties, and I think about the many difficulties that we face in life. Sometimes those, those difficulties are because of our faith. Sometimes those difficulties are just a part of life. There are so many things that can weigh heavily upon us, whether it's sickness, disease, or some type of illness. It might be the loss of a job, a financial reversal, it might be that we have trouble in our marriage. It might be that there are problems with our children. Whatever those problems may be, they would fall under the heading of difficulties and conflicts. But note, if you would, his determination. When I think about a, a person who was determined, who was willing to rise up and move forward, who was resilient when it came to adversity, Paul comes to mind. I want to suggest that his caretaker was the Lord. Listen again to what he says in verse 8. We're hard-pressed on every side. He said, yet we're not crushed. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now go back and look at chapter 1 again. In chapter 1, again in verse 8, he said, We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we despaired even of life. He said, Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves but in God, who raises the dead. Now, if God has the power to raise the dead, and He does, then obviously he has the ability to take care of us. And here's what he said in verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. I think Paul's saying, look, the Lord has been with me in the past. He's with me in the present. He'll be with me in the future. And that's true for us today. You can look back at times in your life, no doubt, when you face difficulties or conflicts, problems in your life, 
And you ask yourself, how did I ever get through those things? And you realize the Lord was with you. It might be the case that you're facing difficulties today. You understand the Lord is with you. It might be that you're going to be facing some type of problems in the future. Those problems may weigh heavily upon your mind, but again, you understand whatever comes your way, the Lord's going to be with you. I think that's why Paul was such a great person. He was able to maintain a sense of balance in life. You remember in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when he said, At my first defense, no one stood with me. He said, All men forsook me. But then he said, The Lord stood with me and strengthened me. God stood by him until the day died. And God will stand by us. So his caretaker was the Lord. And then I think about his tremendous courage in the Lord. You think about somebody facing death. Looking death square in the eyes and yet confident, courageous, willing to continue on in the ministry. Here's what he said in verse 10. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. He said, So then death is working in us, but life in you. But since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. And therefore I spoke. We also believe. And therefore, Paul said, speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus, and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. What a tremendous attitude. Now I think about the valley of a saint, but then there's a second thing I want you to consider with me very quickly. And that is the vision of a saint. Sometimes we talk about people who are visionaries who have the ability to project out into the future and they see opportunities and they look at life in that manner. What strikes me about the Apostle Paul, first and foremost, his optimism. There are some folks in the world, they are pessimists. Everything that comes about, everything that they face in life, it's viewed negatively. When situations go sour, when things go south in their life, again, it's pessimism. And yet you look at the life of Paul, and here's a guy who is optimistic amidst all that he's faced. Whatever comes his way, he has this spirit of optimism. And so you think about everything that he's endured. Verse, verse 16, listen to what he says. Therefore, in light of everything he's experienced, we do not lose heart. Can you imagine that? Here is a guy that he just said just a moment ago, we are hard-pressed on every side. He said, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. He said, look, we haven't lost heart. We haven't given up. We haven't raised the white flag and said, enough. But rather, here is a guy that looks at life optimistically. Are there lessons to be learned when we face adversity and trial and tribulation? If we were to be persecuted for the sake of righteousness, could we learn from that? Paul learned. And you look at his life and you think about how optimistic he was. I think there was a reason for his optimism. And that reason is he had the right observation. He had the ability, the innate ability to look at life 
the right way. We talk about keeping our head on. And sometimes when difficulties come our way, it's hard to keep your head on straight. It's easy to become pessimistic. I'll grant that. It's easy to become discouraged. You remember in Hebrews chapter 12, when the writer encourages first century saints to run with patience or endurance the race that's set before them. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we're to keep our eyes on the Lord. And he talks about the difficulties that Jesus faced. In verse 3, he said, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The writer knew discouragement is a reality. It's easy to get discouraged. Look, when things are going your way, it's not hard to ride that wave of prosperity. When everything's going your way, it's not hard to live optimistically. But when things go south, when things aren't what you think they ought to be, let me tell you what, it's very difficult to keep your head on straight. It's hard to maintain a sense of balance. So how do you keep everything in perspective? You've got to look at life the right way. You gotta, you've got to have the right outlook on life. So listen to his outlook. Note verse 17. Paul said, for our light affliction." Can you imagine somebody talking about his light affliction and he just said it in several chapters back that he had faced the sentence of death? Here he is facing all these conflicts and difficulties in life and he says, they're just a light thing. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now back up and look at verse 16 again. He said, therefore we do not lose heart in light of our afflictions. Even though our outward man is perishing, he said the inward man is being renewed day by day. I will confess that as we grow older in life, our body is not what it once was. We understand that the body is subjected to time. Paul's body was the same as the body that you possess. It was made of flesh and blood. And Paul realized that as we grow older, that outward man, that body, is wearing out, running down. But he said internally, all is well. He said that inward man is being renewed day by day. Well, what's the result of that? His faith in God. His trust in God. You remember what he said back in chapter 1? We're not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Maintaining that balance, keeping our head on straight. Now look at verse 18. He said, while we do not look at the things which are seen. That is, he didn't look at life through what we might call an ephemeral lens. Through a transitory lens. Sometimes we have the tendency to look at life and think no further than life itself. Paul said the things which are seen are temporary. Everything you see with the visible eye is temporary. The body that you reside in, it's temporary. The building that we meet in, temporary. The world in which we live, again, temporary. Paul said, look, I'm not, I'm not looking at life from that vantage point. If you look at life from that vantage point, you're going to be very discouraged. You're not going to be optimistic because this life is not always fair. 
And things don't always work out, and there are not always storybook endings as we talk about. Sometimes things don't go right. It may be the case that you've been dealt a series of blows in your life that have left you reeling, and you wonder how in the world you can make it. Well, if you just look at the here and now, it can be discouraging. But Paul didn't look at life that way. Rather, he looked at life through an eternal lens. He projected out into the future. We talk about this vision of a saint. Here he is, we talk about being down in the valley. Well, if you're down in the valley, you've got to have the vision. Things are going to get better. You've got to look at life in another way. So here's what he said. We do not look at the things which are seen, but he said at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul's saying, life is not about what you see. It's not about what you feel, what you taste, what you touch. It's about the eternal. You remember Jesus talked about laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven? There are people in our world, they have a bank load of money. They've got a great job. They've climbed the corporate ladder. They've got all these things physically, materially that they could ever wish for. The only thing they don't have is a bank account in heaven. So you've got to look at life differently. So, having said that, think with me, if you would, about the victory of a saint. We talk about looking at life through an eternal lens. I think what makes the life of Paul so special. First and foremost, his faith. Now you think about everything that he said up to this point. He talks about his afflictions, his difficulties, his trials, his tribulations, the fact that he had the sentence of death. Verse 1, chapter 5, For we know. Think about that. Here's Paul. He's writing to the church at Corinth. He's chronicled his difficulties. Back in chapter 2 of his first letter, he told them that he had been with them in fear and trembling, in much weakness. So you think about all these things that he's faced, but he says, let me tell you what, there are some things that I know. He said, for this we know. Now he's going to say down in verse 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. Again, look at verse 18, chapter 4. We don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How was Paul confident? How could Paul be victorious despite the fact that life has been tough? Faith. If you want to grow your faith, let me tell you a couple of ways you can do that. One, you need to spend time in this book. There is a correlation in your spiritual growth and the Word of God. Peter said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul here is saying, look, we know life is filled with uncertainty. And I'll be frank, there are a lot of things I don't know. I don't have all the answers to some of the things that go on in life. And there are things that people face in life I don't have a quick answer. But there are some things I know. 
One of the things that I know is there's something better beyond this life. And that's what Paul is saying here. If you're just thinking about here and now and you're banking on this life, and that's, all, and that's where your emphasis is, you're going to be disappointed. Paul said, for we know. That's confidence. Remember what Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Can we trust what God says? Sure we can. Do we have that kind of faith? So first I think about his faith. And then I think about his fortune. Paul was a rich man. I'm not talking about his bank account. I'm not talking about any kind of property that he might have owned in life. I'm not even speaking about any kind of educational goals that he had achieved in life. Paul was a, Paul was a person of immense wealth. But his wealth was spiritual in nature. So here's what he said, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, that is, this body, if this body is destroyed, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Here's what Paul's saying, If I die, fine. Why? Because I have a building of God. I have a great fortune. Now I can't, I can't put my hand on it, Physically speaking, I can't open a bank account and show you where it is. And I think that's what Paul was saying. Paul's saying, look, I've got wealth that you can't see. That wealth is in heaven. I know that if at worst death comes, I go to be with the Lord. You remember what he said in Philippians chapter 1? For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. In verse 23, he said to depart and be with Christ is far better. Paul's not looking at just the here and now. When he's in the valley, he's thinking about, he's thinking about the fortune that he has. He's getting through that valley on the basis of his faith. And then what about his future? In verse 2, here's what he said, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed. Notice what he says. In this tent, that is in this body, what do we have? Burdens, difficulties, trials. But he said, we desire to be further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us, for this very thing is God who always has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. That we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What a great future. Paul was living with a future. That future was with God. You ever thought about heaven? We talk about our faith. We talk about our fortune. But our future. Do you have a future? Sometimes individuals will leave a company because 
They see the handwriting on the wall. They don't have a future there. They can't climb the corporate ladder. Sometimes a young man, young lady will date, and they'll realize they're not compatible. They'll walk away from one another. They realize they don't have a future together. Well, if you're a child of God, you have future. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. It's not always easy to keep your head on straight when you're in the valley. Let me just share something with you very quickly. Several days ago, I received a text. I'm going to tell you who sent me the text. Eddie Archer. He was in Chicago. And he said, it's been a year and ten months to the day that Andrew died. He said, I've had him on my mind all day long. He was hurting. He was, as we would say, in the valley. How do you respond to that? I sent him a text back. And I said, one thing you need to remember. Every day that you live is one step, one day closer to being with Andrew. Sometimes we find ourselves in the valley. And we have to look at things from an eternal vantage point. I'd love to be able to snap my finger and reverse some of the problems and heartaches and sorrows and losses that people have had in life. I can't do that. I don't have that power. There are no magical formulas out there. But there is faith to get us through those tough times. So I want to say to you today, if you're in the valley, and some of you are in the valley, and you know what I'm talking about, if you're in that valley, don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. Stay true to God. Remember your faith. Remember the fortune that you have in Christ. And above all, remember the fact that you have a future. And there is not a soul on earth that can rob you of that future if you'll stay true to God. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. You believe Jesus to be the Son of God, but you've never obeyed Him. Could I encourage you to take that step of faith to obey what Jesus has said? Jesus is the one that said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. Jesus is the one who said, Be faithful until death, and I'll give you the crown of life. Revelation 2, 10. If you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel, I want to encourage you to come to Christ. If you're here today and maybe for whatever reason you're in that valley and maybe, maybe you're in the valley because your life's not right, what we want to do is try to help you out of that valley. The first step out of the valley is to make things right with God. It's amazing 
how getting things right with God can take care of a lot of problems. James said, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. Could we pray with you and for you today as we stand and sing?